You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for the unofficial 40. Soonerscoop.com's very official recruiting podcast featuring Soonerscoop.com recruiting publisher Josh McQuistian. Get your recruiting fix from the leader in Sooner Recruiting. It's the unofficial 40 with your hosts, Soonerscoop.com publishers Gary Murdoch and Josh McQuistian. Hey, friends. All right, welcome back. It is another podcast, and guess what? We're going double the podcast this week. If it kills us, uh, it is Monday, and we've just finished Bob Stoops' press conference. We got uh, practice this afternoon, uh, but man, we got a, a jam-packed show for you. Eddie Radosevich is here. Joe Duvall is here. We've all been over at Bob Stoops' press conference. Josh McQuistian is joining us as well, uh, and we've got a huge recruiting weekend coming up to tell you about. Uh, we've got Ohio State coming in. You got a new stadium. It's going to be packed full of people uh, and probably rocking like we haven't seen it before. Uh, but guys, first off, Josh, welcome. Glad to be here. You know, I, I Carrie, I, can I tell you, I really wanted to, after some of our early um, hiccups getting this thing going, I really wanted to call the house. I really gave it strong consideration. I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, I wanted to do like an alternate opening today. I wanted to feature the uh, new Kings of Leon song, but I knew that if OU lost, it would officially become a thing because of you, Josh. You know, you're talking to a guy whose family and friends will literally change where they're sitting. I've had a friend sit outside in the bed of his truck and listen to an OU game rather than watch it because he was convinced that would change the whole flow of the game. He's not just a little stitious. He's he's a lot superstitious. It's nice yeah. that we can be so narcissistic, isn't it? To think the world revolves around us and what kind of socks we wear determines whether a team wins or loses. I, it does, I thought. But there's a right. bunch of half truths to that. I mean, look, I understand. I when the Royals went to the World Series, I got into some of that. So it's just natural. But I think it you, makes you feel better if you yeah. step back and think about it. It's ridiculous. As Absolutely. A, as a player, it makes sense. Uh, you know. Yes, if you're playing in the game, it makes sense. Yeah, whatever makes you comfortable, whatever makes you feel like you're going to play well, you're going to play better. But as a fan, I mean, no. Uh, I don't know. Unless you believe in energies and the cosmos and all that stuff, maybe. All right, Do you it's, guys it's, have any really good ones? Like a really good superstition? Like for your team, the one you choose to root this for? This is a dumb topic. We're not talking about this. <laughs> oh, fine. All we right. have too much to get to. Uh, and the the thing I want to get to on the top is Josh, you have been redeemed. I'm telling you right, you the Big Twelve teleconference this morning. I found another yell talker. Josh, are you sitting down? I'm listening. I'm waiting for Jacob to start talking. Uh, for who? Jacob, the guy. Isn't that the guy with the the voice? I don't the, know. Will Farrell's character. What is his name? Jacob. Oh, I think it was yes. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not screwing with you. I'm serious. Mm -hmm. I really found another yell talker. 
and he was on the Big Ten. He's from Ohio. I think he's a, he must be a radio guy as much as his voice projected. But I, here, I'll play. This is Stoops. He's finishing off talking about, because people from Ohio, or I think it was David Ubb and he was talking to, um, he was asking him about the Mike Gundy, you know, OSU, uh, end of game, turning it over, and he was talking about, oh, well, we had Oregon. So he's finishing up talking about Oregon here, but then they bring on a yell talker. Just listen to the, the goodness. Official pointing in the pile and gives it to Oregon. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. Yeah, his question comes from one of Tim May with the Columbus Dispatch. Thank you very much, that Coach. I was wondering, uh, just just a, a succinct overview of Ohio State. What do you see on video? What concerns you about Ohio State going into this one? Well, everything. They've uh, great players, uh, excellent skill everywhere, uh, Coach. So there, yeah, that's another yell talker for you. I feel like I'm way worse than that guy. Like I, I feel like you were trying to bail me out, and I appreciate that, but I feel like that was within reason. Let me try it again because I, I didn't have the volume all the way up on him. Okay. okay. Official pointing in the pile and gives it to Oregon. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. Yeah, his question comes from one of Tim May with the Columbus Dispatch. Thank you very much, that Coach. I was wondering, uh, just, just a, a succinct overview of Ohio State. What do you see on video? What concerns you about Ohio State going into this one? I mean, Better. the phone is like, the phone is literally about to burst from the guy's voice. And he even had a follow-up question, which was even worse. Here it is. You got Hubbard as well, a bunch of good players on that side of the ball also. Yeah, and one other thing, you know, J.T. Barrett, he, two, basically two hours from Norman, how hard did y'all look at him? Uh, was he on your radar big? I mean, just what do you remember about the, the recruitment of him? See, that's yell talking. You can't deny that that's yell talking. It, it is. You know what sticks out to me about that? That sounds like the old coaches show when Bob would take calls at the at the restaurant. <laughs> really that's what the does. the way he was wording it and saying things like, "Bob, could you could you tell me a little bit about this? What, what do you think about this guy right here?" I heard I'm it. Unable to control the pitch or volume of my voice. Also, cut a didjaw in there. A jaw. Yeah, he's got he's got some really good you know little nuggets he threw in there. Uh, I, I I happened to to grab a couple of them. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And then he had this one. All right, thanks, man. All right, thanks, man. He's he he is definitely like that dude was calling in from a sports bar at eleven a.m. You could also tell he has a little bit of that uh, Bob Stoops Ohio sound in his voice. That little bit of that that beat and that timbre. That yeah. little kind of little thing in there. But that wasn't like that wasn't the worst question I've heard today. Like it it trumps and anything. Believe me, it wasn't. It trumps any. No, no, no. This one coming up is the worst, and this was on his Big Twelve. This is someone who has literally never seen Oklahoma play. I guarantee you. The only thing they know is that they played two games this year and they lost one of them because this turd called in. I'll just you just have to hear the question to listen and listen to Bob as he stammers after the question is asked. Well. Your next question comes from Adam Johnny, Columbus Dispatch. Hey, Bob, um, sort of following up a little bit, you're talking about Ohio State's quarterback. I know, obviously, you've gotten some good stuff from Baker and from, from Austin this season. What are you still maybe looking for at that position? How settled do you feel you are at quarterback? Um, I, you know, of course, you know, Baker's after the year he's had and, and uh, you know, a year ago and just two games into it this year, I, I feel great about where he's at. And then Austin Kendall just got to play a half of a game last week, and I thought he was excellent. Um, threw the ball really, really well. And, and for a true freshman out there, 
handled uh, handled it really well. Do you see yourself needing both of those guys as this season goes on to, to have the type of season you want? or is Hopefully not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think. I'll just cut it off right there because, I mean, do you see yourself needing both of those? That's Baker Mayfield. He was, he was what, fifth in the high or fourth in the Heisman last year? I've never done Bob's teleconference. Is he that nice generally? Like, I feel like if one of you three threw out something on that level, like, he might spike a microphone at you. Well, it's a, yeah. I mean, maybe knowing that he's on in Ohio yeah. has something to do with it, but that was brutal, dude. Could there I, be anybody in the country who you couldn't lose more than Baker Mayfield? It, wouldn't he be the guy listen, in the entirety of college football that l- you could not lose? Listen to Bob Stoops stammer after he asks him, can you, can you make it through the season without both of them? Well, it helps when I stop turning up and down the volume. Here's Bob Stoops. Um, I... You know, of course, you know. <laughs> um, I, you know, of course, you know. I really don't know how to answer you, sir. He's just thinking. How dumb WTF, are you? Like, yeah. God, this is such a waste of my time. Do I need another quarterback besides Baker Mayfield? Did he call in to the SEC teleconference and ask, you know, how Les Miles felt about Leonard Fournette's importance, like if he was just going to be a small part of the offense or, you know, if he actually could be used this year. Hey, Dabo, is Deshaun Watson going to be important for you this year? (laughs) That was the worst question I think I've ever heard. That that has to be the, the... That guy must not watch football. They must have had, like... Columbus Dispatch must have had, like, their life and culture guy call in to fill in or something the only thing i can think of is he just looked at the box score of ulm and had very little recollection of what baker mayfield did last year and said oh look that kendall kid completed 80 percent of his passes maybe he's got a little push for mayfield i, I don't know i have no that, idea. that's exactly what i could he goes baker and austin like you could tell he was hunting the names on a list somewhere yeah I, that guy clearly was not uh he wasn't watching both games and coming fully prepared that's, a, that's can, a box score watcher see if i can zero in close to the second question here if that guy attends uh oklahoma arena Ohio State press conferences during the week. I guarantee you, he's an overlapper. Yeah, let me see if uh, this is it right here. Hopefully not. I don't. I don't think nah. anyone goes out. You know, through the. I think I'm here. Here we go. Right here. Maybe. Handled uh, handled it really well. Do you see yourself needing both of those guys as this season goes on to, to have the type of season you want, or, or is hopefully not? <laughs> I don't I don't think anyone goes out you know through the beginning of the season. Uh, it's just, do you see yourself needing both of those guys? Eddie has the like I want to kill this guy. Look on his face right now. He's probably an idiot. So yeah, I do. <laughs> I do want to kill him. You would think if you covered Ohio State, like you pay attention a little bit to what goes on in the rest of the country. I, I either that or he's shell shocked because Ohio State's used so many quarterbacks over the last couple of years. I don't even understand what the point of his question was. Like, what kind of article would he be writing? To- this is why I say the Big Twelve teleconference is the most worthless thing, and it needs to be just disbanded. Who gave him the number? That should be the question. Who even <laughs> gave him the number to call in? This entire conversation watching Eddie has been hilarious. He He's really upset. He this literally annoyed him. You can see it in his face. Eddie, are you holding back because you got into fights this weekend on Twitter? No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty much like tweeting a nobody, so it's not that big of a deal. Oh, <laughs> I shouldn't have opened that Pandora's you, you, box. You went right there. You knew what you were doing. I really I yeah. yeah. Once I said it. Am I, I the only one that Eddie thought it was Rats crazy that 
I mean, if a guy's suspended, you usually don't see him playing, and he ends up having one of the better games of his career. Okay, so. let's uh, move on. Um, <laughs> let's just go on. Let me ask you guys. Okay, Bob Stoops press conference. Uh, the three of us were there. Josh, uh, I'm sure, I don't know, did you watch it at home, Josh? Did you? I really were didn't. You cleaning uh, up toys? It was, uh, actually, were you I running like people over with your monster better. truck? Yes, I, I, I was waxing the monster truck, but in that amount of time, I can only really do in the this bumper. Cut off so. jeans. I can just see it now. <laughs> By the way, somebody, okay, Chris Plank asked me today. He said, "You know what? I think I've had Josh McQuistion on my radio shows for as long as anyone else but you, but I've never met him in person." And I said, "Well, if he was here, you would know." And then I took a quick glance around the room just to see how big everyone's heads were. And I said, "No, he would you would notice him because he would have the biggest head in the room." It, it's it's not untrue. Like, do you know You're a large man to- though, so it's proportional. It's not a bad I'm just saying you're, no, what, I have six a huge foot. Head. Are you six four? Yep. Huh? Are you six four? Oh heck no! I, I like six one, six two. I'm not okay. really that tall. It, it's the, the head, head makes will you fool you look though. taller. Uh, yeah, the the head is the head is large, and it's. Do you know how hard it was to grow up being the age I was in the era of How I Married an Axe Murderer? Oh and god! Like <laughs> you had the Sputnik thing. Like yeah. it, it, it was looks bad. like an orange on a toothpick. Exactly. Like it was brutal. Luckily, my hair is completely normal, so that, that kind of saved me. But I'm surprised if I'd have had free hair, it would have been a bad life. What size? I'm surprised you found someone to call a wife. What size hats do you wear, Josh? I, I wear the, um, the flex fit. That, that's really all I can so say. But when they were fitted, could you yeah, wear like, like an eight? Like eight, seven and a half? Where were you I at? would say like, uh, I'm trying to remember. It's been a long time, but I would say like an eight and a quarter. Gee, wow. Christmas. I mean, like, I mean, and that was... You're talking about high school. Like my head has undoubtedly grown since then with all the HGH. So, holy goodness! I I, I wore a seven and a half back in high school, and I got a big noggin. And the worst part about having a big head is you wear t-shirts long enough, you start to get this super stretched out like neck all around. Like you don't get like a nice form-fitting neck tee. It's always is like this saggy, droopy, gross mess. I, I can't wear shirts like that. even when I was in decent shape and could wear a shirt like that, I couldn't pull it off because it invariably the neck was beat to hell. Button up is the way to go. All right, thanks, man. All right, uh, let us talk about the press conference. That's where I was going. I'll just ask you two, Eddie and Joe, um, what really stood out to you today most about the press conference? Uh, probably just a Difficult the, question. I thought Bob was in a pretty good mood. I think that the one thing that maybe even just driving around town and seeing just kind of, I don't know for, for people that I guess went to OU and it's a little bit easier to understand how to describe this, but it's just during a big game week, you can kind of feel it throughout the campus and just kind of feel it throughout. And maybe it's just me just kind of buying into it, but you can just feel that it's a big game coming up. There's a lot of talk about it. Everybody, I went and uh, cut up the highlights of the press conference of uh, everything at the union just a little bit ago. And, even the people around me, the girls and stuff, were talking about it. it. Just it seems like a lot of people are talking about it around campus. So, uh, yeah, they were actually. So that's why I sat by them. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, but it was. Uh, you know what's weird is like we're leaving the press conference, and I think like this this day and this week, and maybe it's people that didn't really pay attention this weekend that there was a game, but it was like, and I could tell it wasn't people that are normally on campus because what happens is. When you step into a crosswalk on campus, people that are normally on campus, they stop. Yeah. They know, okay, when you're when someone walks into that's like sacred. 
Like if you drive around campus a lot, it's you know, understood. once someone puts a foot in the crosswalk, you stop. That's universe. You're on university property. And today I couldn't cross the damn street because no one would stop. And I was standing there with Sam Gannon of Fox 25, a girl. And and no one would stop. And so I just walked out in the middle of traffic and I was like, hey, you sons of bitches. It's, you're, you got to stop. You know, I'm sorry. You just came down to campus for the first time in six months to see the new pretty building. But you've got to stop and crosswalk. So I, that's how I could tell. Like people are just flooding into campus just because they know it's game week and they want to see the stadium and drive by and all that stuff. I saw a picture earlier that there's like four or five uh, RVs already at Lloyd Noble Center and people are just hanging out. I guess people are, they are taking Ohio State. I don't know, know that one of them had an OU flag, but uh, it they looked like they're just they taking vacation and yeah. staying up here for the week and wouldn't be a bad place to go uh, free hang out for the out week. There. Yeah. Those RVs are absolutely ridiculous. I got to tour a few of those uh, back in working for the pregame show. Holy goodness. Those things are multi-million dollars. I went in one with a chandelier over the top. Yeah, I don't get that. Holy cow. Just get a light like everybody else. Just a regular. You're not into chandeliers? No, just too flashy. It's a, it's a mobile home. You're not going to make it into a mansion. But what, what you're saying about the crosswalks and stuff, I tell everybody that starts to like turn down Elm if you're on campus, just to have your wits about you. Go slow. There are going to be people crossing in front of you. You know when you're on this campus to be driving slow when you're going through the, those areas. So, yeah, I mean, it is. I'm sorry, Eddie, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say that I was looking back through uh, Joe's kind of thread of uh, for the press conference. And just one of the the one thing to answer the question of what jumped out was probably the health status of uh, oh, yeah. Charles Walker, Tay Evans and uh, DJ Ward. Well, I tell you what, let's go through that right now. Here's Bob Stoops talking about the injuries. What's your injury situation? Injuries. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Not uh, everything is checked out. DJ Ward checked out uh, well. Uh, should be just depends on when he's back to practice this week, but he should be okay. Uh, same with uh, Tay Evans. Uh, just had a minor bruise uh, on his hip, but he's he checked out okay. Uh, Charles seemed to be better yesterday. Charles Walker was better yesterday, so that's encouraging. Should be back sometime here this week. Alex Dalton. Uh, Alex is okay. Uh, Daniel Brooks may be out. Uh, uh, we'll see how he goes here through the week. So the only person he ruled out was Daniel Brooks. Uh, he did mention Will Johnson later on uh, that he said, yeah, he'll be back, but then he stopped himself. And he says, well, we expect him to be back. I think he'll be back. I mean, the way that they were talking after the game on Saturday, it made it seem like it wasn't that big of a deal and they just wanted to hold him out. I think that's more Bob playing the BS strategy game that he tries to play where we're not going to tip our hand with whoever. Oh, yeah, he was wishy-washy. Even the people he said were okay. He, oh, they may be okay. He checked out. It just depends and all that kind of stuff. I was most surprised that he seemed to be most positive about DJ Ward because he would have been the guy would have put mm -hmm. furthest down the list. Yeah, he looked the most serious out of all those yeah. guys. But Ch I think Charles Walker is the big name that you hear. You have to have Charles Walker. When, when he's game. on that – I mean, that defensive front's played well all year, but he's a difference maker on the defensive front. He's a guy that can penetrate. He can force guys to have to make cuts in the backfield, which helps out everybody else. So that was big. And also, Tay Evans, that's another starter on your defense, hearing that he's going to be able to play. That's good news. Well, and, and Josh, here's the thing, too, is you know Alex Dalton. I know you'd even talked to some people this week about it. Uh, I don't know where that came from, that he had a knee injury and that he was out for a while. Uh, it – Everything that we were able to kind of figure out is Alex Dalton basically is just struggling returning from ACL surgery. And uh, 
he has to kind of take some plays off every once in a while. And I think I think going through practice, Bill Biedenboe just realized, and after watching him in that first game, like, okay, he's not 100%. He's not where we need him to be in order to be in our starting lineup. Yeah, you know, and, and you're right, because that was something that, because we knew, you know, going into that last few weeks there before uh, the Houston game, that there was so much in flux really from center to right tackle. There were so many different ways that lineup could go. But I, I had a few conversations with people, and the talk was that, you know, Dalton looks great, but he's not quite ready. He's not quite physically there and hadn't fully recovered. And then he talked with you guys about it, where he kind of said, you know, hey, you know, there's still some things I'm dealing with and that kind of stuff. And he didn't really specify what those things were, but it just sounded like he was still working himself up to speed. And that's kind of what it sounds like. And then with that, with what we heard from last week, you know, yeah, he kind of, he'll have to go sit out a few plays and it'll tweak a little bit and that kind of thing. So it's just a guy working himself back into uh, playing shape. I mean, you know, that's one of those things people forget practices and all that stuff. And it's great. And especially along the line, you can really get a pretty good look at what it's going to be. But when you go game speed, it's different. And I think that showed, and he, he struggled some against Houston. And I think that's why you saw the change. And I thought, you know, as I kind of go back through, um, you know, the film review from Monday that I always do, it it looks better on the right side. Drew Samia at right guard and Bobby Evans at right tackle. That looks like a more athletic, kind of more physical group. Well, we'll find out a lot against Ohio State. And, and he was asked, is that going to be your lineup? He said that's something that Bill will work through this week. Uh, other things personnel-wise, he was asked about the cornerback position. Uh, here's what Bob had to say. We'll see. Those guys all played better, um, you know, outside of the one play, and, and that's more of a mental error than anything. But, um, you know, all of those guys, you know, played in a better way this past week. So we'll, we'll work on that this week and see who it is. So I, I, I would assume it's going to be Cobb. I mean, I think he played well enough. And like Bob said, only one, one bust. I recorded the, the review course this morning that came on Fox Sports Oklahoma. I haven't had a chance to go back, obviously. I mean, been at the radio show and then teleconference and then press conference. Probably won't get to look at it until tomorrow. Uh, but, you know, they look back at the tape, guys, and it, it, there was really no panic there from the way that Cobb played. No, I mean, it seemed like he's the guy that they're trying to make it work. They're trying to make Cobb work at corner, and it's not going to look perfect every time. It's not might not even look good every time but they believe in his athleticism they believe in his size and they saw what they were going to get out of Dakota Austin they believe in against Houston and they wanted to see what else they can get and it's either going to be Parrish Cobb or Micaiah Quick or Parnell Motley probably after that and well and let me say this too it was interesting you know they have Dakota Johnson they know, they know if things go bad they can put him out there Dakota Johnson Dakota Johnson Dakota I Austin. do it I've done it every time we need some 50 shades of gray God music dang it I haven't even seen that movie like, if she was, like, unbelievably naked and I'd seen her and I was, like, I was in love with her, I'd understand it. But I don't. Dakota Austin. I do the same thing. I don't know. I don't understand. It's women. Uh, Dakota Austin. They know what they have in him uh, if they need to. But I thought it was interesting that Bob kind of hinted that he was slightly suspended for that game. Because he said, among other things. Well, you were over interviewing players. But when I talked to Bob in the post game, I asked him, did you just not start him because you wanted to see what else you had. He said that was part of it, but other things were part of it too. With like Will Johnson? Hinting, no, with uh, Dakota Dakota Austin. Oh. Well, I mean, maybe they suspended him for ca- for trying to tackle two players that didn't have the ball. That's harsh. <laughs> 
Uh, you mentioned offensive line, but here's the thing I think, and Josh, I want you to weigh in on this. Of all the guys on offense that you want to see more of, who would that be? For me, there's no question. It's Michael Jones. That That's the guy that – it's ULM. I get it. It's second half. I get that too. There is nobody on that offense – or not nobody, but there's very few people in that offense that in space are scary. They don't have those guys like they did with Shepard last year and the guys that we've seen through the years. Jones has that ability. He can beat somebody one-on-one in space and turn a, a 20-yard gain into a 50-yard gain. And I don't know – how many guys they have that can do that, and they need those players. Nick Baskwine, that's great. You could see him on that play. I mean, he's not – he caught it in open space and he ran, and that's great. Like I said, it's a great story. But I don't think he's a guy that's going to beat Ohio State-level players in one-on-one scenarios. And they need guys – in this offense, that's the whole point, run after catch. So they need guys that not only can catch it but can do something in space. Jones is that guy. They need him out there. They need him to be ready to go this week. How close is Michael Jones being to being where you're just comfortable with putting him out there at any time? Uh, much closer. Um, played played well the other day. Um, you know, showed you know showed a lot of good things. Had one mental mistake, but um, you know, but he's he's getting closer. Josh, that was very good analysis. I was uh, one button away though from. It's not rocket science. Just say yes, and we'll move on. <laughs> it was good analysis though. Do, do you have, like, is there, like, a timeline on me? Like, if I go more than, like, 30 seconds, like, you're going to hit me with that I need one. To okay get like the, I need to get, like, the Jeopardy theme. I can just start playing so you know to wrap it up. <laughs> the Dave Chappelle wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think personnel-wise, that's kind of where we're at. I mean, yeah. quarterback, yeah, I was talk. I asked Stephen Parker this question today when he was at the podium, like, are you kind of disappointed you haven't really made more plays on the ball? And he said, yeah, I thought we would by this time. I think... That's the one thing that that stands out to me most defensively. By the way, there is one more guy I can think of. But, guys, I've kind of been shocked that the the defense hasn't been around the football or had opportunities, especially against Louisiana Monroe, to 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 really have an effect on the in the on the ball game as as uh, uh, you know creating turnovers. I I think they have a serious problem on the defensive side of the ball, and especially at that other cornerback spot. I just don't know if they have anybody right now that can uh, step up and be that guy. And I think that you know even Stephen Parker has been a little a little lackluster, just in that they haven't been able to force turnovers. And uh, that's why I I know it's Monday, but I go into this weekend giving OU a very little chance of winning this weekend. Yeah, they have zero interceptions on the year. Ohio State has seven. Wow. Ohio State has one player. Has more. That has three. He has three by himself, and Oklahoma has zero. Uh, that just can't happen. I mean, it just you can't. Who, who may be OU's most consistent defender right now, and I never thought I would say this, Ahmad Thomas. He's yeah. played well. Yeah, he I mean, like, well. re- really pretty well. I, I think he's outplayed Parker so far. The only other guy I think we haven't talked about uh, that really has kind of put a stamp on, on things is Mr. Canada, Neville Gallimore. Bob Neville, Gallimore seemed to have a really good game Saturday. Does that kind of move him up in that rotation, Yeah, Neville uh, did play well and uh, continues to get better, so that gives you more confidence to keep playing him more snaps. So, so yeah, you know, he'll. We like what he's doing, so he'll he'll definitely you know be getting more and more playing time. And I'm not so sure with what I've seen, and like we said, we'll find out what happens with Charles Walker. 
I'm not so sure he doesn't deserve to start over Matt Diamond. That's that's the thing that I, I is going to be really interesting on Saturday is you always hear the coaches uh, talk about this guy's going to get more of an opportunity, and then we look up Sunday or Saturday afternoon after or Saturday late night after the game, and he's played three snaps. To Josh's point, kind of what he said about Michael Jones having the talent to beat Ohio State where Nick Basquin doesn't, even though Nick Basquin pay, played well. You could use that same analogy to kind of Matt, Di- Matt Diamond and Neville Gallimore. Matt Diamond has played really well this year, or at moments. He's been in, in the first games. game, in the, in, the, yeah. in the Houston game, and he, he played well last year, but he, I thought he played well in Houston game. He strung out a lot of runs. He played, he played well strong. against Baylor until he got kicked out of the game last year. Right. But Neville Gallimore, I mean, you guys know just as well as I do, that's like a five-star level talent. He wasn't a five-star, but he has five-star type of talent. There aren't many guys that big with that type of athleticism. So if the light's turning on for him, he gives you a higher upside than Matt Diamond, that's for sure. Yeah, these guys, I mean, Gallimore, Kerry, I think we were all thinking it as that conversation was happening. Can Diamond hang on to that spot? And I think we all know Diamond's a guy that I knew really well, covered him a lot at Katie. He's a guy that I think a lot of. But when you talk about the seniors that OU is stuck, you know, just really stuck with in, in spite of maybe they felt like – or maybe everyone else felt like there was a better, younger player, it's always been guys, you know, we know we can trust him. He's going to make good decisions. He's going to do things. Well, Diamond's been suspended, what, once, twice, and then got kicked out of the Baylor game? I mean, this is not a guy that you feel like week in, week out, you know what you're going to get, and you know he's going to be there, and he's going to show up. Like, I don't know that you can make those same statements. And Gallimore a flash some pretty scary stuff against ULM. Yeah. I, I, I mean, his ceiling is it's huge. It's, it's huge, and he's just now becoming what he is. So how much further can he go? I think that's... That uh, that's something we'll find out against Ohio State. I think you have to play him, uh, even though you have Matt. Di- I think you, you can afford to rotate those guys. I, I don't think there, there's any question there. Uh, Personnel wise, I think we're good there. Uh, one of the things that's interesting is you know Bob Stoops from Ohio. You know he had the teleconference. A lot of guys from Ohio, even some nitwits. Uh, but I've never really known what his relationship is like with Urban Meyer because Urban Meyer is just so he's not weird. But he's, it's almost like he's kind of like Bob Stoops in that he doesn't show ever show much of a personality. I mean, Eddie, you were watching some of his press conference from today. I didn't have time to cut it up and put anything in here, but you were like, I think you were you kind of turned off just by watching his press conference. Well, I, I think I should preface it by saying I don't like Urban Meyer at all. I, you heard you guys heard me talk about how much I detest uh, the Houston athletic program two weeks ago and <laughs> times that For hate no by, reason yeah times that hate by a hundred and that's urban meyer so uh you know it was a little skewed but he just does he comes across as uh, a, a little brash i guess would be the best way to put it i i think that uh everything that people think about bob stoops that don't cover him on a daily basis that he hates the media and everything like that i think that that's how i look at urban meyer if that makes sense so uh you know i I don't know. I, I think it's interesting, though, that uh, that Bob was pretty open today about uh, growing up in Ohio and uh, even giving a little family history about his cousin playing at Michigan and how they never really were uh, were too big of college football fans, which is understandable. Uh, the same thing with uh, with friends of with some of my friends that have their dads have been high school coaches. Yeah. You don't really get into it because it's all about the Friday night and uh, everything like that. So, yeah, it was it was interesting to hear him talk about that kind of stuff, though, today. By the way, you want to hear uh, from Bob Soup's talking about uh, Ohio State and not going there and all that stuff? Here it is. 
at high school did I ever think about playing at Ohio State. Uh, would have loved to have, but uh, wasn't recruited at Ohio State. And and uh, was very fortunate to, to go to Iowa. So I've always felt blessed that I had that opportunity because it really worked out great for not only myself, but my whole my, my brothers as well. Is, is that something that still to this day pisses him off a little bit, you think? That's kind of how I took it. That he wasn't recruited by Ohio State, and that's kind of something. It seems like that's something that Bob Stoops would have an edge about. You know what I, I thought when I heard him say that is, okay, like, would Ohio State have taken, knowing what they know now, would Ohio State have taken the Stoops family just because what they're going to represent in the future versus what they were going to give them on the field? Probably, yeah. I mean, to be, a, can you imagine if Bob Stoops had come from, and Mike Stoops and Mark Stoops had come from Ohio State instead of Iowa? Like, that's any, any football program would love to say that they had the, the, the Stoops tree started there. Do you think they would have, he would have taken that job when it opened and Trestle took it, if that were the case? Yeah, probably so. Right, because it's he, Ohio State. It's not. I mean, as as much as Bob loves Iowa, loved playing there, and loved Hayden Fry, and you know, Coach Snyder, and uh, Barry Alvarez, and everybody that was there, he loves it because it helped develop him. It was a school, but it's not. I mean, when he had a chance between Iowa and Oklahoma, he said, "I'm taking the better football school." He would have never, uh, if he doesn't go to Iowa, though, he would have never met a cheerleader from Iowa. How things could change. <laughs> Just saying. Hmm. By the way, I, I, I thought about this when Eddie was answering the question about Urban Meyer. Eddie, I hate to tell you this, but uh, kind of like in a league of their own, we're sending you to charm school. Because you're like, you're like the third baseman right now. Like the really ugly one. That, Second mm-hmm. baseman, Marla Hooch. No, she was the third no, baseman. No, no, no. Rosie O'Donnell played third. Marla Hooch played second. Carrie, I think he's right on this. Okay. This was, and I speak. You as seem a guy very convinced. So, yeah, you seem very convinced. Oh yeah, Marla Hooch. Your first date with your wife was a league of their own. No, no, my first date, like first date as a human being, was a league of their Did own. Did she turn lesbian after it? She didn't. She <laughs> didn't. Um, the Ended date with Josh or the movie? Much later in high school. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Well, it would have been a better story if she turned lesbian. <laughs> Started playing minor league yeah. baseball. She had a weird thing for Madonna, but other than that, totally fine. That was a good movie, but no, I mean, Eddie, you need charm school, man. You're, you're, you're not even rough around the edges. You're just mean. Well, I just don't like losers. <laughs> He's our wild card is what he is. Urban Meyer has won, what, three national championships? A winning national championship doesn't make you a winner. Because he quit at Florida, that's why he's a loser? One of them. His wife's kind of crazy. Does he have hot daughters? Mm. They're just okay. Yeah. I mean, if Of course Eddie would know right offhand. Like, oh, I have a hierarchy of uh, <laughs> coaches' daughters. Why do we not have that top ten? Who's the hottest? Uh, Joe DeForest's daughter's pretty good looking. <laughs> that's such a weird person. And I went to well, she went to OSU. Like. She went to OSU. Oh, okay. I, I know some people that knew her. All right, we're way off track. Um, now, but the other thing is Bob is from Ohio, and this would be the week, like, and we're going to get to the recruiting side of it because he had a lot to say. I had to kind of pull it that out of him. That was kind of the most interesting part yeah. of the whole. Did you think so? It was good. He I made it was me good. keep pulling it out of him, though. Like, I think he wanted to talk about it. I don't think he did. Well, because I think that there's some people that will take his quotes and completely 
take him out of context. You think he was just being careful with what he said? Yeah. God, he made me work to get that. Anyway, uh, I, I thought this was kind of interesting because I asked Bob like how rough this is for him with all his family wanting to come to this game because it's such a big... I mean, it's... It's it's the end of the world game in Ohio right now. So here's here's Bob talking about his family. You being an Ohio guy, is this you have to like hide your cell phone a little bit more this week? Or? You know, I, I don't. I, my gr- graciously, my family said I asked. Uh, you know, in the summer, I said, "Who's all coming? I want to get this taken care of early." And none of them are coming. So. Uh, they said you you have enough you're going to have to deal with we're not going to not going to bother you so uh that's a loving family when they're going to give up going to this game to let you do your work and and I, although i got a few nieces and nephews coming they didn't they're not they're not quite as concerned about me uh and <laughs> i thought that was kind of funny uh because nieces and nephews really don't care what you're you know what's affecting you they just want what they can get i wonder if they'll be staying with them oh i bet i mean you think I bet Carol makes them. Do you think they'll have room in that house? Yes. They got a couple extra rooms, probably. I don't know if they'll have space. I know a couple of their nephews, and they're good guys. I ran. I met them in New Orleans. Really? Late night, crystals. It was fun. I think I remember that. I think I might have been on Twitter fighting that night. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. With some certain same people you were fighting. I wish I was half as good at Twitter as Carrie and Eddie are. It, we're not good. Don't follow our lead. Yeah, you don't want to. <laughs> Can I second that? Yes. You know? Please, Josh, help me. That I've We've been created a monster for too long. I got into it. I, that, you did. Yeah, Josh. I I did. Josh I know. lost his cool. I had to tell everyone to back off and stop. Yep. I. Mm, well, the yep. internet doesn't work on the field, so that. I didn't know. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a jerk. I was working. You make your life harder than it needs to be, Eddie. I was working. You're going to learn this lesson someday, kind of like I did. Working Saturday. Uh, anybody, has anybody, Josh, have you ever been curious, like, who Bob Stoops' favorite team was growing up? Like, and and if he says he doesn't, didn't have a favorite team, is he a liar? I, You know, I would say no, but that's because everybody freaks out about who I grew up rooting for. Like, the Michigan State thing is something I can't ever shake. Yeah, for some reason, like really it comes bad up for all the time. Yeah. I so yeah. I mean, I think that stuff's kind of interesting, but I don't know that like some people just don't care about it. Like you know, I grew up, lo- you know, I I liked OU. I grew up in an OU family. Like it was just kind of there. And I grew so up I in a KU know. family, and I ended up an OU fan because yeah. my best friend would bring me to games. Yeah, like it's I, it's just kind of natural. But I I have several friends who couldn't give a flip. They they don't care anything about the OU OSU. It, it means nothing to them. That just is so foreign to me, the idea that growing up and not caring about college not football on Saturdays. Team. Well, just not caring. in Ohio when you've got Michigan, Ohio State. Yeah. But I think I it, mean, it does make Notre sense. Notre Dame. It makes sense coming from a high school football coach's yeah. son that Saturdays he, are for film. Saturdays said, are for He said this the before, office. like his dad was so respectful of all the coaches that came in all the time that he didn't play favorites. So his dad wasn't like rooting for they they would watch the Notre Dame games they'd watch Michigan they'd watch Ohio State so I can kind of I wouldn't say he's a liar c- coming up in that environment yeah Kay that's what I kind of took from it was that it sounded like Bob Stoops' dad was a high school coach that we would all like to deal with he sounded like someone who didn't play favorites towards right, one yeah. school or the other he accepted all coaches that came and talked to him and he kept an open mind about that kind of thing. 
Bob played high school football all growing up. He cared about Friday nights just as much as his dad did. And as we talk about on this podcast the last couple of times is sometimes high school kids don't care about college football because they care about high school things, you know? So uh, it didn't shock me that much, and that's kind of what I took from it. So if you want to hear Bob explain who his favorite team was, he did today. Who'd you root for growing up? You said you weren't big Ohio State people growing up. Who were you? You know, I, I had a cousin, Eddie Moore, who played at Michigan, and I kind of remember, you know, uh, just following Michigan a little bit more because I was at a young age when I started to pay attention, and, and, and I had a distant cousin that played at Michigan, and uh, but really wasn't a Michigan fan. I'm just saying I maybe followed them a little bit more because of that, and I, I just wasn't a fan really of any particular team, you know, just. Uh, um, in our house, it wasn't that way. My father wasn't one that followed any one particular team. And and so, you know, it's kind of split between Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan. And I told you, I mean, I always loved Oklahoma. Not that I, you know, I, I was every bit of an Oklahoma fan as following any of them that were those other schools that were close that everybody followed back in our area uh, just because of the style of play, you know, Coach Switzer and how they won and and the exciting you know watching what was more fun than watching the wishbone wishbone you know team to drop it seven times on the ground and still win by 50 you know <laughs> so and you know all the great running backs I told, remember watching Joe of course Washington and but I mean I vividly remember Greg Pruitt Steve Owens all those guys you know was they were they were fun to watch and I do believe that about Oklahoma because he mentioned that, you know, in, in Joe Washington's silver shoes when he was introduced as head coach at Oklahoma. Yeah, that that's a thing he said repeatedly since he's been here. And even in that answer, you can hear the authenticity. I mean, he, he basically sounds like my father and my uncle growing up talking about the OU team back in the old days. He even mentioned Greg Pruitt first, who my, who's my dad's favorite player. So, uh, it's I mean, that like, seems like a genuine thing for him that he's had that affinity for Oklahoma basically all his life. Okay, here's the question. Do you want to finish strong with recruiting and uh, get the Kerry was a penis at Bob Stoops press conference stuff out of the way today? Yeah, sure. The Kerry, I think it was good. Yeah, I, I like the Kerry penis one. The, uh, the Sooner Scoop people are not going to be happy. But I'm just going to say this. This is about the suspensions of Matt Diamond and, and Austin Roberts. I think if you put some context around it, they'll understand. I mean, it was a fair question to be asked. After the game was over, Bob was asked about it. It didn't go too well. And it's... I don't want to single anybody. And I think he's doing a good job. I am going to single somebody out. Uh, but Brady Vardaman, student reporter. I think he's writing for like the Dallas Morning News blog mm -hmm. now or something. That's right. Uh... A, a nice young professional kid. I worked with him at Sooner Vision. Did good you kid. really? Yeah, good kid. Here's my problem with Brady: is he always wants to ask the tough questions? And you know, I I go through this stuff with Traber about, oh, you're a fan, you know, you're just you're just a OU fan, all this stuff. You're not, you know, whatever, Traber. So my point is, sometimes you do have to ask the tough questions. And when Matt Diamond and Austin Roberts, I've never heard of Bob holding, you know, having a delayed suspension on someone before. Like, if they did something wrong in the offseason, they got suspended the first game. And you know what? If you want to come out and say, Houston was a really good team, what they did 
is a pretty standard thing that people get suspended for, and we decided to sit him out against ULM. He do, he hasn't done that though. So Brady, after the game, asked him when he didn't ask him the right question. The right question was, why did you wait until Louisiana Monroe to suspend these two? He said, when did you decide to suspend these? Like he'd probably heard the rumors because I'd. I'd talked about it on the radio before the show. And he his question was, when did you decide to, dis- to suspend those two? And Bob just says, next week, and I'm not talking about that stuff. And it, you know, I had to get out of there. We had, we had like seven players in there. We needed to get through. And I just figured, we'll wait till Monday. We'll come back on this. So, uh, Brady, I think, asked early, or did it was it, no, it was Trammell that asked. Trammell started it and said, I have the audio here. I'm just going to play. Let me figure out how long we are here. Okay, here's Trammell starting it, starting back down this road about the suspension. And, and the road we're talking about is suspending two players for, uh, trying to think of the right word, transgressions back in the offseason, waiting till... ULM to suspend him. Here's Barry Trammell's first question. It kind of opened the floodgates. Did you did you hold them out week two just because of the, the two uh, nature of the, of the competition the first two weeks? That's not for, to be discussed. It's just how it worked out with administration and us through a year-long process. So he says that's not to be discussed in, in a year-long process. So that pretty much tells you. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't just decide to, to to suspend them next week, and so to Brady's credit, I was going to follow up on this because I knew that was BS. But Brady jumped in there, and I just thought it was going horribly well. So I'm like, look, let's put an end to this. Let's stop it where every press conference is going to be about this now. Let's just put it all out on the table. And so I, yeah, every once in a while I have to be a penis. So. <laughs> I decided today was the day. Let's get this over with. And this is how it went. Why is it your policy to not talk about players' suspensions? Uh, just because uh, it doesn't need to be detailed. Their, their privacy is more important than at 17, 18, 19 years old than you or anyone else writing about them and making it public. Uh, I think people ask so much because, you know, the Jordan Thomas stuff happened and people pointed to your history with suspensions that, that you took care of that stuff. And, you know, with Joe Mixon, I think a lot of people pointed out your history there. But I think people look at it as a ding that you waited till the second game to, to suspend people. Well, that, that's okay. I've been dinged plenty. But, you, I mean... You don't care if that, that hurts your reputation as far as being a disciplinarian? I care more about my players' reputation and, and, and what's right and wrong for them. So just to clarify, after the game, game, you said that the, the decision to suspend them was made last week, and then you just said it was a year-long process. Well, again, it, it, there's different reasons for different people, and I don't detail those. So. Okay, but which one was it? I, I'm not, I don't need to say which one was made last week and which one was a year-long process. <laughs> so, I thought, you know, what I was glad of is that that wasn't the last thing that came up at the press conference today. That's it not how we ended. rebooted yeah. a little bit. So, I, I love it. I love that decision. 
I, he should just be honest about it, though, right? I mean, yeah. everybody sees right through that. I mean, there's not a person in the world that doesn't realize. I mean, right? There's not a person that doesn't realize Bob Stoops decided to suspend those guys against Louisiana Monroe because he needed them versus Houston. I mean, I was watching the. He Cle- needed Matt Diamond. Yeah. I mean, he could have got. He, he could have lived without Austin Roberts. I was watching the Clemson game, and you know, Ray Ray McLeod drops the ball in the punt return before he crosses the end zone. They go to halftime with Mac Brown in the studio. And they say, okay, Mac, what would you do? You're the coach of Texas. You go to the locker room. Do you pull that guy? Do you suspend him? What do you say to him? And he says, well, it depends how good he is. And you know wow. what? That, that, that's the truth, yeah. And Mac Brown's not in coaching anymore, so he can give you the truth. And that's exactly right. It just depends on how good they are. And Bob Stoops kind of, uh, you know, he, he just decided to shut all that down. And you know what else I would have accepted from Bob? I would have, I, I would have loved it, and, and he's never going to say this. So it's, it's, it's a fantasy hypothetical. But all he would have had to say is, well, I suspended Joe Mixon for a year and everybody killed me for that. And then Mississippi State suspended a guy for a game and nobody's talking about that. That's a good point. I mean, when he makes hard discipline, it doesn't matter what he does. He's going to get criticized. I think Mm -hmm. maybe that's what he learned out of Joe Mixon. He's like, screw it. I'm going to do what I want to do. It might be onto something. I mean, I've never really thought about it that way, but I mean, yeah. I mean, when when I said, you know, you get and really for me. My issue with it is I had to I had to go to war with Jim Traber over the Jordan Thomas stuff. Like why you know, Traber was so incensed that he wasn't gonna be suspended even after the charges weren't filed. And I said, What's he gonna suspend him for? A ticket that he got and and getting suspended yeah. for another game two years ago or a year ago? Like what is there? Like Bob Bob Stoops has not been soft on discipline. That was my point. And all the Joe Mixon crap. I mean, when I, who was it? Uh, somebody came after me about Joe Mixon on Twitter. Oh, it was, uh, who's the Baylor apologist? Oh, God. Uh, Jason King. Report. Jason King came after me about Mixon. Like, oh, well, you cover a team that lets a wife, you know, a girl, uh, an assaulter on yeah. his team, or whatever. I was like, dude, you have no idea the things that I said about Joe Mixon. Or the crap I took from our our fans, our subscribers, for the position that I had on him, like. But you know what? I stood up for Bob's decision because, I mean, you go back to the year with like Camille Jackson and Jazz Reynolds, uh, and how he just cleaned house basically. I mean that. Bob has always had a a good reputation. I'm sorry, Josh. Bob's always had a great reputation for for taking care of discipline problems. I, I. The Jason King thing, that just drove me crazy. I remember exactly what you're talking about, that whole thing. The guy is talking about Art Bryles as a future like coach at Auburn and LSU and throwing out all these hypotheticals, but he's going to talk about Joe Mixon? Like how, how many Baylor roster players last year are now wrapped up in that, that whole investigation? Like, But one guy that you need to sit down because one guy, even if you were – defensive of of joe which you never were and nobody on this staff was so we went to the we went to the that's another thing i mean how many other how many other just uh team-centric websites would even go to that police viewing and then report on it and take the crap we took for doing it yeah and 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 here's the thing you know i wasn't working for with you guys at the time but uh i know not everybody's going to um, love those things, especially diehard fans. But as someone who I read the board back then, I loved that stuff. Um, when you look at the situation at Baylor and what happened there, I think part of the reason that happened 
was there was a lack of control not only within the institution but in the entities in outside the of it. Program too. Right. I mean, so you need you need dog watchers. You you need or watchdogs. You need you need the you need people on the outside to ask the questions. At least doesn't mean that you need that the questions have to keep going or they need to be berating Bob or anything. But the questions need to be asked. You need to make Bob Stoops go on record and state a position. And you know that's kind of what I I, I was telling Carrie before we were on air. I, I like that that question came up. I like the way Carrie handled it. I I like the way that was done. Well, it wasn't going to stop until it was brought up and brought up properly, and that was eating away at me. But, you know, like I said, it's a ding. It's, you know, Bob Stoops is not the perfect model of discipline, and he's not the worst that's ever been. I mean, Tom Osborne was the king of, you know, delayed suspensions when it came to playing tough opponents to open the season. I mean, Bob would probably be on the, the disciplinarian side of coaches. If you split him no, 50-50, he would, he would he be would. on the disciplinarian side. I mean, he's had a, a long track record of suspending guys that and could look, help this team. This is not, as far as I'm concerned today, this is done. I don't ever have to talk about it again. I mean, we'll write about it. We'll maybe yeah. make a note about it. But I'm not going in there trying to be a jerk. I thought most of the stuff I asked today was kind of fluff. And, you know, everybody goes in and asks the injury questions. and But the recruiting stuff is something I think, you know, that was pretty interesting and so, I mean, we can move on to that. But, you know, Josh, it is – I don't know where you rank this with all-time big official, unofficial visit weekends, but it's got to be top five, right? It's it's definitely up there. I'm trying to think – I mean, just if you start at the top with the two five-stars, Akuda and Marvin Wilson, there's not many visit weekends, probably save anybody but Alabama and USC, that have a two – Two five stars visiting on the same weekend. I bet you five schools a year, six schools maybe have that kind of deal where two two guys that elite are coming in on the same weekend. So if you start from there and then just work your way around, I mean, you're talking about almost all of Oklahoma's remaining key targets are expected in Norman. I mean, not all of them, but you look at you know Marvin Wilson, Jeff Akuda, Adrian Ely, uh, Kobe Boyce. Uh, God. Could, Joe, you've talked to this kid. Do you know how to say Daly's first name? I believe it's K. Jakir, or J- it's Jakir. The K is silent. Uh, but okay. he, he, he does he does he does go by Peanut also. If you want to call him Peanut, that that feels weird. I called I, him. I feel like I have to know something to call him by their name. I called him Peanut once, and I felt awful about it. I didn't do it since. It's just Jakir yeah. after that. Yeah, that's that that yeah. I'm I'm against that. But Jakir, I can handle that. The the apostrophe the K being silent, that's that's perfect. Yeah, it's tricky. Um but yeah, so I mean Greg Rogers being another one and one we confirmed today that I didn't really know was Tyler Taylor, the uh, rivals two fifty linebacker from Georgia that's gonna be there as yeah, well. That surprised it's, me. It's just a huge visit weekend and with I what I like so much about it is Oklahoma's got all these commitments here. Yeah, I mean the coaches you, particularly, you look at Calvin Thibodeau. He's going to have Greg Rogers and Marvin Wilson, his two top nose tackles, on campus at the same time. Well, how does he? How does he make it okay that it's almost inevitable he's going to spend more time with Marvin? I think that's. I think we all know that. We all understand that. That's the way that's going to go. He's going to give Marvin every bit of attention he feels like he needs. So, how does he make that work? Well, it's a lot easier when Rogers can hang out with the other commitments and kind of get a feel for those guys. And they can kind of take the fact off, well, it's, you know, your coach is here with another recruit. No, you're here hanging out with Trey Brown and all these other guys that you know and that you, you know, that at least you know of. So I think that helps Oklahoma that they don't have to be 
so coaching centric in their recruiting this weekend. How much? How helpful is it, Josh, that that this class is for the most part put together, and you will have so many local guys that the coaches don't have to worry about who they're with, or you know, I guess there's a difference than you can you can go send them with these this group of commits rather than with this group of targets. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's huge because you know, and I think it's another thing that's kind of on the flip, and we've talked about it before. Is Kobe Boyce the Texas commitment coming in? You know, all this momentum for Texas right now, and all this thing, you know, it's so great. And Boyce is, you know, and Boyce and the other recruits are trying to tell guys to come with them to Texas. But he's so told, sold on Texas that he's going to show up in Norman this weekend. Like that, that's something that it's it's subconscious, but it can help OU. You know, oh yeah, you think about Texas. Well, we may steal their guy. You know, one of their best commitments may end up here with us. If so you lose it's kind Boyce, of a though, subversive thing. Just thinking, if you lose, if you lose the game, though, you worry about Boyce being here with Barnes and you know Rieger and you know messing around with those guys. If you're down by 15 at halftime, maybe you just tell him to go home. <laughs> if if I were Bob Stoops, I would just take Justin Broyles and have him fall around Kobe Boyce wherever he went. Yeah. And then if Kobe Boyce starts saying anything, he won't be as loud as Justin. I can promise you that. Might not be a bad I idea. even I even heard a rumor that Baron Browning reached out to Oklahoma this weekend and was considering coming up. But I Ooh, that's a nugget. if I'm Oklahoma, I only want him up for an official because it's everybody knows he's going to Ohio State for an official visit, and nobody else seems to know if he set up any other trips. So it's real interesting that he would suddenly kind of rekindle uh, a conversation with Oklahoma for Ohio State weekend. I, I to me. If he doesn't want to use one of his officials to come up, then I don't even know He's if I would mess with it. He's just wanting a ticket, then yeah. Ooh, that's interesting. Exactly. Though. He's. I mean that. I mean, if it's a three star for sure. But I mean, Baron Browning. I'm, even if you know, even if you're the coaching staff, and they're all getting together and say, "Look, we know Baron's just coming up here to watch Ohio State. He's gonna go to Ohio State." Do you not still say, "Hell, have him up here anyway"? I mean, it's Baron Browning. I mean, I. It's it's tempting. No, and you guys know there's no bigger Baron Browning fan in the world than I am. So I mean, I I get it. But man, like you have, if there was any, if if Akuda wasn't there, then I might think about it. But if you feel like Browning's really heavy to Ohio State, you don't want him anywhere near Jeff Akuda. You know, truthfully, um, uh, yes. Well, and, and I mean, you, let's go. Ahead, let's play the stoop stuff now, kind of the recruiting stuff, because I want to talk to the the only logical step for me to talk more about recruiting is is to play this. And kind of talk about it afterwards, but you know, it was like I was saying earlier. Stoops kind of make me made me you know pull his teeth a little bit to to get him to really talk about this stuff. But there's a lot of interesting stuff in here. Just talking about the time demands on him having this big of a recruiting weekend with this big of a game uh, and the demands on his staff. Bob, you you built this to be a, a huge recruiting weekend for you. Is it fair to say that a win makes a could, could make a bigger impression than a loss? I mean, well, always, yeah, of course. A win can yeah, it more. definitely helps. You know, no, no doubt. How, how difficult is it when you make a, a, a weekend that big and it's this big of a game? You've got more demands on you throughout the week. Incredibly difficult. Um, it's a lot to manage. A lot to you know to work through. But we have a big staff, and everybody contributes, and and uh, you know you do the best you can with it. But it's a it's a grind. There, there's no doubt. This a week where you, I mean, you mentioned it, but you really do rely kind of on your staff guys behind the scenes a little bit more. 
oh, yeah. something like this going on? No, no question. Everybody, we may have to hire some extras this week. Truthfully, so it's uh, for, it, for what purpose? I mean, what, what, just to manage the the number of people that are going to be here that we're recruiting. You know, uh, officially, unofficially, families. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's a lot. Who would you hire? I mean, that seems like a fairly important job. You wouldn't just take well, somebody off the street. I mean, no, of course, it'd, it'd, have, it'd be it'd be someone in our you know in our, in our academic offices or someone uh, someone with the university. Generally, doesn't do that. Right, though. somebody in admissions or in you know whatever. Is it? I mean, for you personally, I mean, it's a Saturday night game. Does that make it to where you have more responsibilities on a, on a Saturday, just meeting people, meeting families? No question. Yeah, it, it's a. Uh, yeah, all of that will be happening. You just kind of sit in your office and people just kind of flood in and out for the most part for, on that yeah, yeah, we have it timed out of when and where and when they can get there. It, you know, it's, so you work through all of that. Obviously mm -hmm. you have to do that, but would you prefer not to deal with that on game days? I probably don't need to answer. I can't be honest. So. <laughs> <laughs> You know I don't lie, so. <laughs> you, uh, I, I, I say that kiddingly because no, it, it is. You know, it's part of the job. You know, and it, this is a big attraction. You know, the our fan base, the stadium, the games. So you just gotta, you know. So yeah, it'd be easier not to not to have to deal with it, but. You know, but but also the experience of it. You need to, you know, they want to be a part of it, and you have to manage it that way. So, Josh, uh, what are your thoughts hearing that? Josh, man, Josh, I'm here. Sorry, oh, okay. sorry. I, I, I've taken to muting my mic from time to time, uh -huh. so uh, there's no dog background. And Laney just showed up at home, so uh. we had some daddy daddy calls that nobody wants to hear. So you know, we we had to uh, mute it. But um, we want to hear all that stuff. I don't know who you think you're talking to. <laughs> you know, that's something people misunderstand about you, Carrie. You're soft with kiddos, man. You really are. You, you, you're you gotta, a, you're you, a kiddo kind of guy. You got to stop this. Mm -hmm. Everybody mm -hmm. says this, and just it takes the veil right away. I know, I know, I see it though. Anyway, I, I got to be honest. Within like the the kind of punchline that he said, where he said, "I, I don't want to deal with that," I missed the question leading up to it. I didn't hear Basically, exactly. Just, just would you rather not deal with that? And he said, uh, "I I I can't answer that because I can't, I have to be honest." Was it like dealing with the recruits being there and that sort of with thing? that yeah, with this that big many, of a recruiting weekend? Yeah, before the yeah. game, having yeah. to show them around all that stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, does that surprise anybody? I mean, that, that, that's just one more thing. when Because, you know, people – it's it's so funny because I come at it from such a different side with being a recruiting guy first. When, you're, you know, people say, well, how come there's no recruiting news? You know, it's it's Houston week. Well, they're focused on the team stuff, man. Like, they're trying to get 1-0. and they're, they're playing a good opponent. They're, they're going to turn it around. It wasn't coincidental that the week of ULM, all of a sudden the scoop got real bloated with news. All of a sudden there was a lot more to talk about because there's more that they can – time will allow them to do. They don't have to spend every waking hour thinking about how to stop Greg Ward or JT Barrett or whatever. So I think it's just obvious that they'd rather not have to do that. But at the same time, he's right. These kids, I mean – it's funny the little experiences that matter, like Calvin Thibodeau stopping by Marvin Wilson's game. He was there for like half an hour, Eddie. What would you say, 45 minutes? Yeah. And 
it, you could tell after the game when we were talking to Marvin about it. Like he was like, that means a lot. That's special. Like, and it's it's just not a big deal as far as time and the things you consider. But when you're trying to do twelve other things, you just only have so many places you can be. And really, I mean, it's it's if Stoops could be honest, he wants to spend all his time with Marvin Wilson and Jeff Akuda. I mean, he was he, the twenty eighteen kids. He'll get to see them, you know. Well, I I just look the, at last commits, weekend. He'll get to. He's had plenty of time with. Look them. at last weekend, and he had the Phillips family over for brunch at yeah. his house on Sunday morning. Yeah. You can't have thirty guys over. I guess they could. No, they can. They will. They will. Yeah. On Sunday, they'll invite everyone and their families to come out there. I mean, remember, like you know, there's you see, like when they have these recruiting weekends, and there'll always be some kid like out at the Stoops Mansion. Yeah. And I, I guess th- so. remember I thought it was funny that somebody called it a mansion, like. It's a big damn house. I yeah. guess it is a mansion. It it is. Like, it's a moat out in front, right? It's got that hole. Well, it's got a pond out in front. That this, I we always joke that Bob would build a moat so around cool his house. It'd be so cool if he did have a moat and had like guards at it with a drawbridge. The drawbridge is what would make it. There, there's no doubt. Put some piranhas in there, maybe. Oh, that'd be if, so sweet. Here, here's kind of a thought for you guys. If you're OU, if you had Akuda and Wilson there, would you downplay? Who I'm not like to them, but I mean like, would you let other recruits see that these guys are a little different? Like, even the commitments or even other guys that are there, would it? Would you want Akuda and Wilson so badly that you're willing to kind of let other guys see, yeah, we're treating them a little bit different? I would treat them in such a special way that they would someday write recruiting books about how my team was put on probation because of the way I treated them, <laughs> if that makes any sense. That doesn't. So Eddie would go like a Jamarcus McFarlane, Texas situation? Yes, you throw bags of money, you throw everything that you can. I just would be a terrible head coach because I would cheat my ass off so much. You're going to get decredentialed is what you're going to (laughs) do. I don't know. I mean, I'm just... I'm just giving you my recruiting... Everybody's always so so afraid, like, oh, Kerry's not asking tough questions because they'll pull his credentials. No, this is why they'll pull our credentials right here. Why for what you're for doing a, right now for a good recruiting philosophy? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very known recruiting philosophy. I mean, it's not like they. It's not like it's the first time somebody said you should really have bag men. I think that would help you. Auburn's won a national championship yes. as recently as what? And they know this. Well, I know people who are volunteer volunteering to be bag men. <laughs> they do it jokingly, but. I th- yeah, I think every time I go see somebody, I get like a tweet from somebody saying, hey, here's give some cash. I know a certain musician who lives in Nashville that would love to be Jacob <laughs> Phillips' Batman. <laughs> he said it openly many times. And I always tell him, stop talking to me. <laughs> when anything stop talking to, do to with me. This. Delete these text messages. Yes. No, I. it's just, it's it's crazy to think that this is such a big recruiting weekend and you know, Carrie, we talked about in the that first recruiting in that first podcast before the Houston game, how much uh, how much momentum and everything they could take away from that. Can they rebound themselves and actually kind of not erase that loss, but get back you to where they were better with a win? You well, well, first off, you better not get run out of that stadium Saturday. Yeah, it better not be embarrassing. Well, I think that just, if you lose, you better lose in a in a tussle. Yeah, that's a that's worst case scenario. I don't think that they'll get just run out of them. Now, if you win, everything is back on track. You've lost the first game of the year. As long as Houston continues to win, momentum upward. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you you would be in just as good a place recruiting wise. I mean, Josh, stop me if I'm going overboard here. Maybe not just as good, but you would be right there where you were if you were three and zero. If they win this game, that's how big this game is. I think. Oh, if- you're fine. Yeah, yeah. You, you you weather that Houston. You come out of Ohio State. I don't care if they win that game three to two. Like I don't care the setting. If you beat Ohio State in front of the guys that you're going to have there in a national tele, nationally televised game, and if the crowd is fantastic, watching, exactly, like there is nothing to stop you from closing out 17 really strong. Not to mention the fact that this would be Urban Meyer's first road loss as a head coach at Ohio State. Wow, first true road loss. I'd like to see their schedule though. Well, I, I yeah. yeah, I don't think they. It's a bunch of Purdue's and Minnesotas and. And the Big Ten, Big, yeah. Big Ten Michigan's. championship game, but he's never lost a road game, a true road game. Michigan hasn't been what they are now. That's true, exactly. But I think that, I mean Michigan State's been the one real contender in that conference while he's been there. I, go ahead. Josh. I was just going to say uh, when Kerry asked earlier, kind of your first impressions after the press conference. That's one of the first things I thought was it seemed like they they felt like they could have their season back. It felt like this game was their opportunity. Um, that all their goals were still in front of them. They didn't seem like a team that had lost week one. They didn't at all. They seemed like a team that all their goals were still in front of them and that they can get their season back this week. I mean, this game this game is monumental. As far as recruiting goes, I had considered saving this quote for the scoop, but it, you guys just – I'm too excited. I have to share it. I was talking to somebody the other night, and it was, it was right – or I guess it was last night, right after the Marvin Wilson news of his official visit broke. I was talking to somebody, and they said, if, Ohio, if Oklahoma wins this game, they lead for Marvin Wilson. That I mean that, and it was from someone who would know. And it, it, I mean, it was like I mean that if that doesn't put it in perspective, wow. I don't know what else does. I mean, Oklahoma hasn't landed a guy like that in almost a decade, especially after Week One. I mean, he he it, sees OU lose to Houston in Houston, and he and he goes to watch Texas win in overtime against Notre Dame. Yep. Wow. Nugget dropped by Josh exactly. McQuiston right there. Bam. I'm gonna keep the microphone in my hand, but the nugget has been dropped. All right. Uh, no, I'm not laughing. I'm just I'm I'm worried. I'm concerned that Josh has family issues, and we've got a whole nother podcast coming on Thursday, so we can it, really dive into some all. of this stuff. We we actually were um, for those interested. We're having a play date with our best friend from school right now, and they're upstairs with mom going crazy. So <laughs> it, it, if we need ten minutes, they're gonna run themselves. I, ragged, I see why so. you need a monster truck now. It, it, That's dude, hell to me. That's two. I have two two-year-olds with born within a week of each other, tearing. Oh, is this the one that there. she dances and does ring around the posies with yep, on that's, Facebook? That's oh, her. Wow. Her name is Kennedy. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. like other people in my house. I don't think I'd like my kids' friends in my house. Yeah, Joe uh, see, just makes I, me drop off his check and yeah, leave. Get out of here, <sighs> Joe. Like, does Joe? Does Joe even like come out to get it, or does he just like leave slip it, on it the through the crack? <laughs> Joe, now, Joe's works for cheap because he's a drug dealer, apparently. You got to do what you got to do. And campus is prime location, my friend. By the way, I'm going to ask you this. Right I'm going to ask huh? you this because I am there's a there's a post on the board going right now. I did I was asked something about Shane Bouchelle this morning. And I re, early in the morning, it's don't ask me questions that are in, really involved. Give me Josh, give me the lowdown on the whole Shane Bouchelle, Josh Heupel handover to Lincoln Riley, you know, Austin Kendall, how it all went down. I want to get it on record in the podcast because, look, I am not, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, I know everything there is to know about recruiting. I, I, we have Josh for that. So whose fault was it? 
to me, there's no question it was Lincoln Riley. Okay. Um, you know, and, and, and I was kind of reading that earlier too, Kerry. And I think people forget that stuff. Like, Kerry, you know, you know, my dad listens to you every morning. Uh-huh. And he'll be like, well, Kerry said this about recruiting. And I'm like, Dad, Kerry's not like that. That's it would be like like when Sounds I talk like Josh to was just getting ready to say Kerry's an idiot. Don't listen to anything he says. <laughs> no, no. Like when, when like I'll say I know that I say team stuff and you guys are like Josh is an idiot. Like Josh is just stupid. That's a like that's incorrect in every way because you guys. All are I there said this morning is like what happened. I said I I think it was just kind of you know hypo you know he was hypo's guy and then yeah. Lincoln. No, I said I think hypo soured it before Lincoln Riley came, but that's wrong. I mean that's. Well, I probably knew that when I was saying it, but like I said, I wake well, up at four thirty in the morning. That, that we all know Josh's ability. I mean, we all like Josh, but Josh's ability as a recruiter. I mean, maybe he did sour it. I mean, it it was always my impression that was actually funny that we had this conversation. The last time I saw Josh Heupel when he was working for OU was at a Shane Bouchelle High School game when he got absolutely massacred by Arlington Martin. And it was kind of one of those games that affected my opinion because I've had so many people ask me, well, what would you take, Shane Bouchelle or Austin Kendall? And I've always said Austin Kendall because Shane Bouchelle struggled so much in that game. Arlington Martin, anytime there was some pressure, anytime, I mean, and he was playing a better team. He was. But he had some good talent around him, and it didn't look very good. And usually the guys that become very good quarterbacks – the players around them end up looking better than they actually were. And he had an all offensive lineman that signed with Alabama, a DB that went to Oklahoma State. I can't remember. I think Kofi Boateng went to Arizona State. So, I mean, they had four major Division One prospects on their team, and they just got massacred by Martin. And it, he threw, I think, two or three interceptions that night. And so I just wasn't on the Shane Bouchelle bandwagon. And when Riley showed up, I think, you know, and it's certainly there's no correlation. I just think he saw Bouchelle – and he knew about Austin Kendall. He knew about a few other guys, uh, Dwayne Haskins, that ended up at Ohio State being another one that OU offered um, almost immediately when Riley got on campus. There were guys he targeted, and I I don't know that he ever even called Shane Bouchelle. I, I think that door closed almost the minute Josh Heupel left campus. And let's face it, quarterback development was a huge issue when Lincoln Riley showed up on campus. And... I'm sure he wanted nothing. Any any coach wants nothing to do with the former coach's evaluation. You want your own guys, yeah. In there. The guys you that wanna... you've built relationships with. I'm. There's probably a chance that he never talked to Bouchelle. I would think. Well, that was what was on the the Dallas Morning News stories that they came up here and they felt like they were getting ignored. The oh that the Bouchelles Bouchelles were yeah. You know, every time you know a position coach gets fired or something, and kids decommit, you'll hear fans say, "You know, I commit to the school, not to the coach." But here's this is why kids decommit. It's because you want your coach to be the one there. Because when Lincoln Riley took over, Shane Bouchelle was no longer his guy. He wanted his guy. So coaches are going to favor guys that are theirs and that they have some sort of of ownership over that's attached to them. And uh, I, Lincoln Riley just wanted to do his own thing. Was the way I see it. All right, so there we answered the big question of life today. Mm-hmm. What are we like? We're an hour and a half in now. This is pretty long. No, now. it's not quite that, but it just feels like it. Because we'll see how uh, Shane Michelle does on the road in Berkeley this weekend before we give him the high. Before you crown him, right? I mean, well, Austin Austin, Austin Kendall completed eighty percent of his passes Saturday. It's not like this and, one's, this one's decided yet. But it wasn't against Notre Dame. I know, but it's still it's not like it's decided yet. It's not like well, in that Baylor offense, guys. I mean, you're you're reading half the field and you make about five throws. Like it's not. 
it's not like he's going in and learning Jim Harbaugh or David Shaw's scheme. Like it's very straightforward. It's very simplistic. There's not a lot asked on. You know, like he if if this, if it's, if not A then B. Like it, it's very direct. And so you know, I mean, when was the last time Baylor ran out of starting quarterback and you're like, well, he's pretty disappointing. Like, I mean, it, they, almost every guy they put out there can run that scheme in their sleep. All right. Uh, I think that is going to do it for today. Uh, I will not play any Stranger Things, even though that didn't kill us last week. But uh, we are going to go out with, uh, with the boys. This song, I don't know if you guys have listened to it yet. It's amazing. This is the new Kings. Waste a moment. It's freaking phenomenal. I think it's the best, like, radio song they've had since Sex on Fire and Use Somebody. It's it's a better radio song than anything on their last album. So, I say go listen to it. Waste a moment. Pre-order on iTunes. We're not getting paid for this, but... They're Scoop subscribers. We're will, helping out the... It will keep my cachet going with a rock star, so... That's what I'm doing. Josh is laughing uncontrollably in the background. Sell out. Hey, baby. <laughs> Either good friends or money. I'm a whore. All right, that's going to do it. Josh McQuistian, he is back in Houston. Josh, thanks. We'll be back on Thursday for another podcast. Thanks to Eddie, to Joe for being in studio. I'm Kerry Murdoch. We'll see you guys on Thursday for another edition of the Unofficial 40.